0: On April 20th, 2016, the very popular restaurant known as China unfortunately passed away. My good friend Mike Stallings and I decided to do an entire podcast based on the highs and the lows and what will be the enduring legacy of one Joni Lawler. We hope you guys enjoy it. Hey there wrestling fans, so this is Rafa Uh you again know me of Verbal Tap, but I am here once again with my good friend Mike Sallings, and uh, before we get started we just wanted to say, uh, obviously the news is tragic, we are doing this special edition of this show today, Heel Section, to talk about the passing of China. Um, it kind of came a little bit out of nowhere, as I, I think a lot of wrestler deaths do, and in certain ways I think the community is, is kind of numb. To these sort of things, because we've grown accustomed to watching some of the best wrestlers and most notable figures uh, passing away early, and usually with the added phrase of, it's a tragic passing. So, as a reflection of such, we may not be going the full uh, thousand percent on the jokes today, but uh, Mike and I definitely wanted to just say a few (laughs) thoughts, uh, discuss what it was that we enjoyed about China. Uh, what it was that she thought she meant to the actual community because uh, i'll tell you this much for sure the wwe definitely isn't doing a podcast about china anytime soon so we'll go ahead and take that steed right now uh joining me today as previously mentioned mike stallings mike how are you doing man
1: i'm good uh, i'm good in my have all the surface been going on it's been a couple kind of crazy days just I, everywhere
0: yeah and i mean uh, obviously we'll address the fact that china died and then the very next day prince decided he no longer wanted to be on this earth so uh an unfortunate double dose for wrestling and or music fans uh but there there is kind of an overshadowing i think some people were saying that uh
1: well i always feel bad for people uh, Overshadowing is a perfect word because you can't even get what a day to be the center of attention, and then Prince, just like when Farrah Fawcett died, it was like nope, Michael Jackson, there you go, and it was like it was just so quick. It's just you have to move on so fast in this frenetic society that we live in.
0: Well, I think it's because we're a very immediate society, and it is hard because you think about it, and you you think to yourself and say, well, Michael Jackson was arguably the biggest music pop star in the world. And uh, Farrah Fawcett was very, very popular. And in this sense, you have two people who are in different facets of entertainment. Um, So I I, I do agree. I don't know that people really got the full chance to really say their piece about China. But she was notable, I would say, in the wrestling community. So let's start from the beginning. What do you remember as your first experience in seeing China uh, in your own recollection?
1: When I first saw China, I was actually watching it live when she was just a planted fan and bear hug Marlena mm-hmm. at the time was running with Goldust. I think Triple H was doing this whole curtsy bit. <laughs> and you know, it was kind of weird because you weren't used to the whole fifth wall. You were you had to be used to, used to the fourth wall, I'm sorry. And it, to see like a fan rougher up and to be the size of China. And I think that's what struck everybody was The size of China. Nobody had ever seen somebody as fit and as much. She didn't even have to say anything. It was just she just stood there and you're just of awe of her sheer presence. And that's something that is really hard to find in that
0: business. You bring up the fact (laughs) of physicality and, and her actual size. And obviously, I think that was the first thing that people caught when they would look at her. And I think that's where a whole bunch of jokes would come into the fact. Because when I saw her, it was routine, especially in this less PC world of, like, the 90s, that you had people saying that she looked like a dude. And it was in many ways, I'm sure, that had to have been a struggle for her to go through just in a public light. Um, But it also identifies the very real fact that she was bigger than a number of not just cruiser rates, but, like, notables on the WWE roster.
1: Not to fast track it, but they put, I mean, they put the Intercontinental strap on her. And that's always reserved for like, you know, if the heavyweight title heads to heavyweight, that's just one step below it. And she was, she was hanging with them. You know, it was that jawline, man, that jawline killed her. I mean, they even, I think they did, they restructured it to a point, but yeah, she... I mean, I thought China was was good looking until that. I mean, that jaw just, just killed her, and that's where she got all that dude stuff from.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, the weird part is, I remember the voice uh, at the very beginning kind of throwing me and saying like, "Oh man, oh that's so like." I I, I don't want to make fun of this, but I feel like people are going to, and uh, I, I that's what I I initially first remembered about it and then at the certain point you started to look and you realize oh man she's not only super athletic but she does have a good presence about her in that ring like keep in mind up until this time they were starting to develop the women's divisions but there was a lot more valets than there were female wrestlers let alone female wrestlers who looked like they could take some of the superstars backstage and beat the living shit out of them
1: They did such a good job, especially back then, of building it up to almost like, is she, can she hang out, can she hang with the dudes? Like, they introduced her roughing up the valets you talk about, the uh, Marlenas, uh, the Sables, the Sunnies, and um, then it got progressive. Like, can she pick up a guy, and, you know, they put that on you, and then it became, when are they going to do a match with her? Again, not to fast track her, that's why... The only woman to be in the Royal Rumble, I believe, and like you believe that she might have won it too. Yeah. It's Just like, yeah. I mean, that there's that you can't. That's a dime a dozen. You can't find that every day. Not even with Lita or Trish Stratus. I mean, it's almost into like their own subdivision. And this was something that kind of crossed over so tough that I was. That's why it was so enthralling. That's why it had people's attention. and That's why your voice didn't matter. You, that's It's wrestling. People love that yeah. stuff to get confused on that and kind of just roll with it. And I mean, it plays into the whole schematic of
0: it. I think you bring up a good point. And this is what I do appreciate about the wrestling community. Uh, I think part of the community has changed now that there's memes and there's an immediacy. And I think that's why we need to get over things very quickly. But I think one of the nicest parts about the wrestling community is, and you notice this every time you go to a WrestleMania, but you notice this just any time you talk about it with people or you find out the diverse group of people it attracts. So that I'm sure in so many circles, China might have been considered kind of freakish or outsider, uh, what the norm would be. But in the wrestling world, it kind of made sense. You could look at her and you said, oh, man, this is a great area for her to be able to show off her abilities, uh, that's the, the beauty of the wrestling ring is that she was able to show off that she was not only athletic, she was charismatic, she could carry an audience, like she just had something about her. And uh, you, you could put all of those attributes that people would make fun of her for and use it in a positive forum. And, uh, and I say this respectfully, but she was a beast. And I mean that in the nicest way possible because she was athletic and she was ferocious and she was she was in it. One of my favorite things that she used to do was that like cartwheel into the turnbuckle, you know.
1: It's almost like she if she could you believe you knew she could beat you up. And that was kind of like another another sensory overload to think about. And they put her, you know, you're talking about being a beast and how they built her up. They put her the same conversation with Andre the Giant. They they try to make her the ninth wonder of the world, and I saw I've seen memes after it that kind of, you know, now we don't even have, now we're down to seven wonders, <laughs> back down to seven wonders of the world kind of thing. It was so she was so grandiose, which moves me on to the point when that kind of was wearing off. They dumbed her down so much. It was such a weird transition to see her running around with the boys in DX, and just having her character come to. Like a complete, complete 180. Yeah. Of...
0: Well, I mean, that... Okay, let's let's pause there. And I want to go... Because <laughs> you had a great memory that you were telling me off-air of what sticks out the most to you. And you've already mentioned my favorite memory, so I'm just going to bring that one up real quick. But I, I vividly remember her capturing the Intercontinental title and being like, this is huge. This is almost... Like I, as a wrestling fan, you don't want to ever say like something hyperbolic. But I knew in that moment, I'm like, you are watching history, that she could be grabbing that intercontinental title is is big for this community. And will we ever see that? I think now it's become more commonplace where you could, you know, you could potentially live in that world where you could see a natty, you could see a Charlotte holding an intercontinental title in some respect. But back then it was just – it was shocking and you looked at it and you said, holy shit, could she win the title? And as you mentioned in the Royal Rumble, could she win this? And I, I just thought at that time – I just remembered I, feeling so happy for her and thinking that's awesome.
1: I don't think they could do it. I think she stuck out so much. I think if they put her in the ring even with Charlotte and Sasha and Becky for how talented it was, her presence is just – so overwhelming, which brings me to the to the memory of I went to a house show. I think it was, I don't know if it was in Long Beach or L.A., but they did a bathing suit competition, a diva's bathing suit competition. And I was telling you, I can't remember. It was Honky Tonk Man. For this memory I want to think it's Honky Tonk Man was the MC, but it was Sunny Sable, and then the third participant was China. And both Sonny and Sable have been playing to the crowd so much that Sonny was getting dollar bills stuffed in her uh, bathing suit bottom because she was pandering so tough. And it was LA's that kind of place. But when China came out, she was having none of it. She stood there with her arms crossed, uh, honky-tonk man, couldn't, d- didn't understand why, you know, she was in a bathing suit. And, you know, stick took character, she ended up body slamming. And walking off and got the big pop. And you forgot for a second that you're even watching a bathing suit contest. And what what were you really expecting for China to come in a bathing suit? You know, and it, that was so perfect for that character. But then lo and behold, you know, the segue into her doing the DX. And then, you know, the full spiral. You just kind of saw it progressively with the Playboy. And then the, um, what was that VH1 show called?
0: God, I don't even know. Was it? Uh... You do. Rehab or celebrity no. rehab. No. why yeah, is
1: this why a is a thing this is a thing that's getting me. Rehab. That's the first thing you're thinking of with this girl. She put the you gotta disassociate this TMZ to WWE. You know what I mean? That's what all these Here's my issue you with see this. The I'll,
0: I'll tell you this. This is why I I take those things. I I wouldn't necessarily the reason why I say celebrity rehab is because VH one oh. It's not the devil, but it's maybe fairly far from being a saint because what they do is they love taking celebrities of very many folds and saying like, oh, do you know who that is? Is that Vanilla Ice? Yeah, he's got some really bad shit happening to them. Let's put him in a house with of Flav and just see what happens. And that's become the watered down version of it. So when I say that she could be on Celebrity Rehab... That definition now has changed to the point where who's available and who is it? And the problem is secondary. The problem isn't even something they want to necessarily treat. It's just more of a, does she have a beanie baby problem? Celebrity rehab, good enough. Come on in. <laughs> that's it's,
1: I'm so mad at myself right now because I remember it was called The Surreal Life. Yeah. And yeah, I watched I'm a Victim of All That Garbage. But that's the problem I find. Okay.
0: Well, do me a favor. We'll, we're going to come to that point next, but I want to get to uh, talking about the role that she had in DX because it's it's hard, I think, maybe for some people to understand how that could seem bad, uh, maybe even in retrospect, unless they know the full story. But why is that bad that she would be in the biggest faction at that time like this side of the nwo at least in the wwf wwe being involved in Degeneration x at that time was huge so what was the problem that came from that
1: i don't think there's the only problem was the transition into the internet age because you know 10 years before that we would have never found out that triple h in china were dating I don't think there was a problem in the transition of her character um, I just think that that kind of character kind of bred that that kind of mentality you know and when in something so grandiose like that if you believe that these people living their character out to the fullest you know it's gonna it's gonna take over and I don't know if she struggled with becoming a different person but she definitely had to step up the character and become you know, one of the boys, you always put her in that category. When you think of DX, you have to think of China. The old, she's one of the, uh, probably the only ones to be in the old and new guard of DX. You know, but the whole Triple H, her dating Triple H and us finding about that whole Rocky relationship and that's why she's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's just kind of such a weird thing to have that brought to light and have that even matter when we're supposed to be just vested in the story.
0: But it's hard because they... Shack up together, It it is in that same way, and it's not, let's not use the purest form of the word incest, but it's world wrestling entertainment incest. They put that in front of our faces, so how are we ever not to think about Triple H and Stephanie, or Triple H and China? At the time, here's what I thought. I thought it made sense that the two of them were together, just for mere fact of how long they both spent in the gym and i think they hit that like relationship of convenience which is you lift yeah okay cool all right good it's like common
1: law lifting
0: yeah i mean like they <laughs> i think in the split they had to get rid of their protein powders and they had to split which uh which dumbbells they were going to take
1: i'm taking the creatine <laughs> you take the glutamine was the was in print i don't
0: Listen, right, if you I'm think you're taking any you're... of the the way, the we, whatever the fuck they call it, <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, anything that has to do with making me uh, massive and swole, I don't know, but okay, so explain to me this, because I do try and shut that stuff out as much as I can. Um, I think it's fun to play in that world, like, for memes, I think it's fine every once in a while to like, you know, oh no, Stephanie and Triple H, what are they up to? They're married, remember, that's the point of this joke. Or like if, you know, the character of Triple H is cheating on screen and it's supposed to elicit a reaction. Uh In terms of this, what was going on in your perspective between Triple H and China and how did that break bad?
1: I think they just got too wrapped up into it. Like you said, it's common law lifting. You, you, you spend that much time on the road and on on screen together and you start to believe it. But then when Stephanie, his whole goal was always to be, you know, the CEO of the joint. So the only way he could, you know, feasibly do that was to, you know, get at Stephanie. And it seems every time I hear about it, it seems so, you know, natural that they ended up together, but then it just kind of seems like he just dumped China to the side. It feels like the WWE did that when they put her with Eddie Guerrero, they just wanted you to forget so bad that, you know, this is who put her over and they try to, you know, stick her with Mark Henry and bits and stuff. And it kind of, you know, demean the character to the point where it was just, it didn't work anymore. It just was, you know, so demoralizing, you know, in this character sense. I mean, they tried to do a thing with Jeff Jarrett, like a, like a D feminist role where he was doing the whole, you should be in the kitchen and stuff. And we didn't even care to that, but to watch her, you know, spiral is it's it's, it's it, that's so like over the top, and it's so you know,
0: well, I mean, I, the, I Jeff Jarrett has attention. always been an interesting on screen presence. I've always argued that I think he's a better behind the scenes guy, uh, <laughs> and that's that's quote unquote. Uh, I, I just feel like every time I saw him take on a character, I was like, ah, okay, but for China. In that time, I will say this, and and to your credit, you're bringing up Eddie Guerrero. If you're going to try and fool anybody into forgetting what's going on, there are a few people who could do it better than Eddie Guerrero. Because I I think one of the nice parts of uh you know this unfortunate situation was the fact that there's been a lot of love for Eddie coming back. Because that was my first thought was, and how weird is it that of all the China memories, the first two that come to mind were her winning the Intercontinental Title. And then just thinking, oh man, won't it be so great to see China with Eddie Guerrero just chilling somewhere? Like my first thought was they're reunited. Somebody put out that uh, he had the low rider waiting for her. Uh, you put up a Ron Funches <laughs> one. What was the Ron Funches uh, Instagram post that you put up?
1: Well, I just I've thought, I've seen a couple of them. I put up the. Um... The meme, he kept it classy with... Um, God, I can't remember what the tagline was. It was such a nice black and white picture of them together, but it was so it was so classy, and I thought it was great because, like we were talking about before, you have the comedic sense is first to derail the thought. You know, it's um, denial. You know, you just go so over the top that that, that was nice to see a classy, a classy depiction of that, and I think that's what gets lost in that again, man. You keep trying to... Hold it down on me, but, you know, <laughs> how Eddie Guerrero is so revered, you know what I mean? His heart stopped when he was brushing his teeth, you know what I mean? And there's just absolute respect whenever you talk about Eddie Guerrero. True. You know, he had it chronicled about his demons and all the substance abuse, and his body just couldn't take it anymore. And I don't know why that's not the conversation about China. Maybe her body just couldn't take it anymore. It just kind of was just, you know, just shut down because it's all of it, you know, the depression, the, you know, the want to have it back. And it was, she was just tired.
0: So uh, I'm going to come back to that because it's a good point and I don't want to ignore it. I want to say what was that Ron Funches put up and it was goodbye and glad you guys can be reunited in that big pay-per-view in the sky. And I think, again, as you mentioned, super classy and uh, it speaks to our mutual appreciation for Funches and his legitimate love of pro wrestling, because there are some athletes or notable personalities who are like, wrestling, it's fun. I showed up for WrestleMania, right? That's a thing. And then they go away, and they're like, The Rock's back. What? But he, Funches is there. He sent,
1: out, I'm, he sent out a tweet about some big L.A. riot festival. He said you know, thanks. you guys almost missed me seeing Pentagon Junior, but I had an awesome time (laughs) anyway. You know, I was just like, that is so (laughs) hardcore because he's at the Lucha Underground Tapings. He's at PWG. He goes to the Staples Center. You know, my brothers talk to him in line. Mm -hmm. He has a funny Chris Hero joke, but it it just means so much to him. For the be his first thought, it's just, I just love it. So, so it's so good.
0: All right, so let's return back to your point because I think it's it's hard to get swept under the rug, and I would refuse to do that in a conversation here, which is, yes, you're right. Eddie Guerrero is revered because his personality and his charisma was so – it connected so well with fans. In a certain way, I think you could also argue that with China, uh, because why would they put that strap on her? Why would she get that major pop so consistently – You know, why would people just be so invested? So it's about audiences being invested. But what does that mean when somebody like Eddie Guerrero has that aspect of him and he gets revered? And the first thing that I saw out of people's mouths, and I actually want to bring up something that I read. But one of the first things I read out of people's mouths was not just, the you know, oh, uh, rehab, it was drugs. It was, well, what did she do to herself? And uh, I, there's something about that mentality that's so – it's callous and maybe it's because we've seen so many wrestlers die so young. So there is the tragedy element to it and maybe it, it's developed over time from seeing so many cases like that. But I think that it, in that same sense that if we do feel that way for Eddie, why can't we feel that way for China?
1: It's a societal issue. You know, I, I adhere to, you know, it's a WWE TMZ kind of, you know, world we live in. The TMZ was so quick to, you know, is always a first source of when something tragic happens, celebrity death, and they want to they wanna dig into it so tough. Our society loves that kind of stuff in 2016. Like I was telling you before, Anna Nicole Smith was the absolute template for it. He, you know, fed us that down, you know, jammed it down our throats, and that was, you know, This is almost like there's no more cable VH one behind the the music. You know, that you know, if you did a China behind the music, people would watch it because they people like the shock. People like seeing a tragedy story. You know, we live in such a frenetic time. That's why, you know, Prince dying right next to her, you know, everybody's remembering Prince as such a legend, which he is, you know, no disrespect to Prince and Prince fans in any means, but We didn't know what Prince was doing behind closed doors. You know what I mean? You could have, like I said, you could have told me, you know, he was doing a whole bunch of drugs. I would just assume that he was doing drugs to be that talented. His imagination's got a spark. He's a little older. He probably did the real drugs. You know what I mean? But he's so revered, even more than Eddie Guerrero, believe it or not. You know what I mean? You would think that Eddie Guerrero, Latino heat, number one for life. But no, Prince, grandest scale of them all is so there's tributes or singing on the streets. It's to the point where you could tell me if, if he was right there with Michael Vick, like they were partners in the dog ring, I'd be like, yeah, but he wrote purple rain. (laughs) No, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's enough. It's not when dogs cry. It's when doves cry. Okay. All
0: right. Anybody listening here, we're just accusationing, uh, But to a point, it's to the idea of where does the double standard lie? And, you know, you brought up something off air that I wanted to bring up because I think it's maybe gets to a little bit more of the heart of the matter. So appearing on VH1 is a crime, though it should be. Um, But it does usually indicate like those people are going through something and usually exploiting it to some sort of extent. In Shina's case, I think that she got a, a rap because she was in porn. Now, is porn, and I ask you this honestly, is porn like the lowest common denominator for people to say, no, she's got something wrong with her? Because I feel like once she did that, that's when people started to cast her away. I think Playboy was still kind of in that cool, yeah, she's in Playboy and people bought it. But you can almost show that that Playboy was starting the trajectory, which then made it maybe even some ways societally uh, acceptable for her to do porn and then judge her for it. I mean, was it
1: on Vivid? If it was on Vivid, then she gets a pass because, I mean, Vivid's the classiest. (laughs) You know what I mean? You say that as if they're they're like our
0: fucking sponsor. Hey, Vivid. No better way of, of indignation than to say, those other guys, they suck, and they'll give you a bad name. But Vivid, that's some classy shit.
1: It kind of is. I mean, that's where they go white when you think celeb tape is Vivi going to buy it. Their names in the ring. But if you're watching on Pornhub or Red Tube or all these taboo sites, you know what I mean? It's not. It's, it's right, 2016.
0: Right, 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 right. The 2016. Everybody's school so backwards PC. Just thinks that there's like some dude chomping on a cigar saying like, listen here, kid, you can go do porn and all those other trash sites, but you want to keep that pussy classy. You stay right here. And I say pussy in the most respectable of senses. I don't say vagina like those other badges You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That brings me straight
1: back to your point. No, that's not enough. Porn <laughs> is not enough. People just like tragedy. They want to be brought up in that story. They want to feel better about themselves. It's not... Porn isn't enough. Everybody watches porn. They did a demographic on porn searches throughout the state. I mean, porn... I mean, I'm sure everybody knows about porn, right? people are just finding out about it. You know what I mean? I think Utah has actually declared it as a like a a sickness that can be cured, like Alzheimer's or...
0: But like, some people don't give a fuck. Like, some people are just like, as you mentioned, they're just like, oh yeah, I fucking beat off to that. But her? Ex- ex- exact, No, exactly.
1: And that's what I find fascinating about all this. I think people just want to be mean about it. I mean, that she did so many good things in the ring to bring back to all the Points you hit on before, there's, you know, there's so many things that we lost in the shuffle. Raw was great all those years. She had such a big role in it. But the main focus is like, what did she do wrong? How did she spiral? What was she on? Were there prescription drugs? And it's, it's so unfair that other people get a free pass, you know. And bring you back to another point. I saw, to put it on a bigger scale, I saw an article that said, is Paul Heyman responsible for wrestlers' deaths? Is Vince McMahon responsible for wrestlers' deaths? Mm. You, or is you, Shawn Michaels responsible for all
0: this? Mm. I would not want to ask that anywhere near Here, the, I'll uh, give you the, the family. No, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the the
1: the footnote on that. Shawn Michaels went out, everything was all good. He was real over and he got jumped. He went out, they went to a bar, got jumped by what, six, seven Marines? Yep. And Vince was like, nope. That's not happening anymore. So what you guys are going to do is stay in. You guys aren't going out anymore. We're going to put you in these lavish hotels. And what do you guys need? What do you want? What do you guys need? You need pizza? What toppings do you want? Vicodin? Mm-hmm. Like Cocaine? Mushrooms? Like, no, the other mushrooms? You know, ha-ha, pizza. Like, that's what they were doing. It's been, I mean, it's they chronicle it on their DVDs and stuff. And when you mix that with the fame, you know, on the road and, you know, the wrestler being nominated and being on such a grandiose Oscar scale that you see how these people get so locked into that persona. And it's almost like an addiction to where if they can't have it, they're just going to medicate themselves. And I mean, it happens.
0: Yeah. Well, somebody brought this up in uh, a group that you and I are, are involved in. And uh, it starts with, I don't care if it's PC or not, which is always a good way to be like, all right, well, you're going to say something. Um, but they were basically making the argument that she was the, you know, she wasn't the greatest female wrestler in the modern era. And mostly she just used her size and that that was it. You know, there are so many other people who, who pioneered a legacy. Uh, do you have a reaction to that?
1: Who got a bigger push? I mean, just flat out, who got a bigger push? Who are we putting that that title on? Trish? I mean, Trish and Lita, they were only good together. There was no real pioneer. You can look at what's going on right now and do the, the hard focus on the four horsewomen and actually kind of have a footnote in it. But there was, nobody was doing that. Again, the crossover with the guys. I don't, I think that's just somebody sticking up for their views, just like they would for a politician and, on what they think. And they're just trying to back up the argument with, you know, with senseless backwards, I want to be PC, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I kind of find it fascinating that I'm kind of interested if China overdose or not, but I'm going to say something, no disrespect, but I'm going to say it anyway, like you just did. And it's just, it's, it's all hearsay. I mean, that's what bothers me. You just can't remember for, can what, I, for what
0: was good. There's... Can I jump in for a second? Here's where I fall on this one, is <laughs> I feel like wrestling is meant to evolve. I feel like There are people who put in foundation steps and sometimes it's on camera and sometimes it's off camera. In this case, I think there is a better case to be made on camera, which was that crowd got behind her. And it's like saying to a certain extent that, you know, eh, we shouldn't give a shit about Hogan because he was just big and he had the body slam. But like people were captivated by that. They were entertained and they were fascinated. And part of that is there has to be a reason why. So if you really want to get down to qualifying who's the better legend or who had a bigger legacy, I think those conversations will always take place. I don't think it's wrong for people to have a certain expression after somebody passes. Um, It's nice to know that in a sport like this, where you can be considered an outcast, that you can come in, you can make an impression. And if the people want to call you a legacy or they want to call you some sort of trailblazer, that's on them. So... When a certain amount of people do get together and they say, "Yeah, they did open some doors," it is hard to ignore the fact that before her, they didn't put the inter- intercontinental title on anybody else. So ask ourselves <laughs> that first, and then secondary, maybe look at the fact that when she was there, you know, what did change for women afterwards? You know, I mean, I—that's I, no disrespect to any woman who comes before her or after her. It's just a matter of. If we're going to look at that legacy and we're going to start to approach it as such in a critical way, there are some aspects of it that are hard to ignore.
1: That was was just so good, dude. Uh, Yeah, you just put it. Why can't you think of it like that?
0: I don't know. I mean, I think there is an ins- uh, insane pressure in the society to continuously upstage or say somebody is better than because, um, which is weird because I, I think there is an inherent competitiveness. But I I was so happy to see that many of the modern uh, female wrestlers or you know divas from that generation as well who came forth themselves and said what a trailblazer she was. So in that sense, it's nice to see that love and that respect go out uh, to a performer. And yeah, I mean, the first post I put is and I was struggling to figure out what I would say, um, just because it's like, I think in many passings, where when you don't keep up with somebody like a friend that you lose and you haven't talked to them in a long time, in a certain way, I think a lot of audiences lost that familiarity with China. They forgot her or they just weren't as involved on a, you know, like a day-to-day or weekly or monthly or whatever schedule. But you could recognize the fact that, yeah, people are troubled. You have troubled friends. You have troubled everybody. But you always wish them well and you hope that they enjoyed their ride while they were doing it. So in her respect, I think there there is a certain sense of, yeah, you know, she she had her issues. I think a lot of people do. Eddie did. A lot of other wrestlers did gone too soon is, is definite, but I think that is part of the wear and tear of the position and the, the choice of what they want to do. But I think that, uh, to make any arguments as to that is more so analyzing the, the sports fan side, uh, maybe getting away from the sports appreciator side. So, that's just something I, I personally believe, and I could be wrong. You know, uh, Dave put that up as a different opinion. I'd be welcome to hear it. But uh, for me, I just feel like uh, it's nice to see her getting some credit. It would be great if the WWE would take the note and actually induct her. Um, I mean, that politically is a different thing into itself. So that's why I think it's important that we do shows like this because – you know It's fun to, to do the jokes. And I mean, there's a UFC fighter named John Dodson that said, uh, two famous dudes died today in reference to China and uh, to uh, Prince. And then there was another tweet, I think, that somebody said that they were like, uh, two people died today. One was a female and one was a male. I couldn't tell you which was which, though. Um, so y- you have people doing that sensibility, and I-, I know they're trying to get to the joke, uh, which that's fine. They're welcome to do that because some people are working through it in that way. But I'll say this. I would think it would be fun when you do have those times to appreciate it and to really, as a wrestling fan, you know, to take a step back and just say like, you know, I think that when she was there, it was a fun, fun time. So I don't think there is anything wrong with that. And don't let people shame you into thinking that either, because I think that's some bullshit too. I love when people are like, you can't feel bad because porn and, other stuff. Like, no. Feel however the fuck you want because it meant you were invested and you're a fan.
1: It's, it's an overall escape. It's supposed to be an escape. You're supposed to get invested in the story. Their characters. goes back to the Charles Barkley commercial, the old Nike commercial. They don't have to be role models. They do their job. You know, Brock shows up and he leaves. And they, you know, she did. If you look at it in that light, I'm just kind of sad that she's not going to get her full comeback because everybody loves that. Bret Hart, Ultimate Warrior, all those comeback yeah. stories. That was my first thought
0: was I was just like, man, would she have loved to have seen this? You know, especially getting outcasted. And you could tell when she would do those things outside of the WWE. Like, didn't she do Japan?
1: Yeah, she went on a, yeah, she, she went into Japan. You know, she was real. It was almost like she snapped out of it for a second. They were on the fringe of eating a real discussion. And then, you know, it was just kind of like. You know, blow up after blow up, but like I said, TMZ's just so notorious for putting that Johnny on the spot mentality out there that it was kind of hard to escape that when it's just, you know, breaking news. China at a club.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I don't know, man. I feel like uh, it's good to have the discussion of it. I think it's nice. Hopefully, we honor her memory in in a good way, and uh, in a way that I think is. Honest, because it is easy to hide and sweep some of that under the rug. Um, But I also think uh, it's good for fans to go back and watch matches. I know I was watching some matches even before we did this. And uh, it was a nice uh, ability to kind of, you know, send a note your way and be like, I think we should do this. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, even talking about it now, like I knew what I wanted to talk about as we were talking uh, just about doing this show. But even in, in hearing it and hearing what you have to say, it's good to know that there are other people who who feel that sense of, yeah, you know, it is tragic. And here's the sad part that I, I don't want to be true, but I think is. And it, it goes back to being callous, which is it's not the first and it's not the last time we're going to have somebody go too soon. But I think it's always kind of a teaching moment of, well, how do we react to that? And how do we react to the people that we like right now while they're with us in the ring? So maybe keep that in mind uh, before you put up your next John Cena sucks, though he does. Let's not get around that. And he does enjoy being called uh, terrible and, and that he sucks in the ring. So anyway, food for thought.
1: I really appreciate you calling me. Yeah, I kind of <clears throat> feel better. I didn't really think about it on that level. You know, you forget there's so many characters and it happens so suddenly that, you know, it's nice to kind of remember. Okay, that took me right back to the, you know, that house show. I was young then. I was kind of wondering why they were pushing the envelope like that. And it's kind of just nice to see the progression of not only, you know, your favorite heroes, but also your train of thought when stuff like that does happen. And that's that's good that you approach it at such a mature level because there's so many other ways to go about doing it and it's so exploitive and it's so
0: Well our exploitive you know, podcast frenetic. is the next one, so don't worry.
1: No, I while well, we keep it inside. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just waiting to talk about myself, but you know, that's not the that's not the tone of this. That's not know, the tone of this
0: particular episode, but next episode, it's all shock value. Uh, like interrupting a 10-bell salute at the beginning of oh, yeah. just been
1: so heel section. Like it's just like seven. You know what I mean? Just, oh, that is, are they, what?
0: Actually, it'd be great so. to interrupt it at the eighth so that they can't get to the ninth wonder of the world. symbolism people i guess what i'm saying is this thank you guys for listening in we're glad to have done this uh and that you guys were cool enough to listen if you guys have dissenting opinions or whatever you're welcome to throw them our way we may read them we may not i really don't care uh but uh for those of you who have listened thank you guys so much we appreciate you guys sharing this if you enjoy it definitely share it along uh mike you have any uh shout outs you want to do before we get on out of here
1: yeah, no, I've in all of that, we forgot about you know, it's gonna be it just pains me that I can't remember her name. The Everybody Loves Raymond, grandma's boy, mom. Oh Doris, she got lost yeah. in the shuffle of the three, yeah. You know, she's I saw a meme with them three together, you know what I mean? They wanna do the threes and she's got getting bunched up in there and I know she did drugs right along with them. Nobody's talking about that. So big shout out to her for keeping it classy, San Diego.
0: <laughs> the next episode is gonna be Mike calling out Mother Teresa for being uh just a bitch. Just a cunning bitch that really <laughs> to, some, to
1: somebody. To somebody, you know, there's that one person. Oh, Mother Teresa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, ask her to cut be anywhere on time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's Teresa. like Mother Teresa. Oh yeah. She breaks bread with people. Definitely. <laughs> and when I mean breaks bread, she gives that bread to other people. She gave me a fucking minuscule fucking piece. But oh fucking New Testament next to me gets the whole fucking slice. Well, you know what? Fuck Mother Teresa. Hey,
1: And fuck NT New Testament. Get him out of here. Always ruining everything. I want to start
0: calling one of my friends New Testament. I think that's the funniest thing to do is to look at him and be like, New, New Testament over here. Woo. Uh, well, you guys. Obviously, uh, the next time we talk to you, we'll hopefully have some better news. So, uh, and I will say this before we go stop doing that fucking incomes in threes, because you fuckers put that out into the ether. Every time I hear that, it's like somebody dies. They go, oh, it's going to be three. They fish,
1: they fish so hard for it, too. It's like, I'm like
0: who the fuck uh, are you trying to it's kill? Like, ma-
1: Shut the it's fuck like Macho up. Man tony soprano <laughs> and my uncle
0: dave <laughs> nobody thinks about uncle dave ever no, it's my life my life indeed well you guys thank you so much for tuning in again we can't appreciate uh, or say that we appreciate you guys enough and uh, we will be talking with you guys very soon you sweet man.